0: Well, friends, would you turn with me, please, to the words that we read in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, and reading verses 1 to 4. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. One of my favorite uh, Christian writers is Jared Wilson who's an assistant professor of pastoral ministry at Midwestern Theological Seminary in America. And last week he published an article entitled, The Purpose of Sunday is the Re-evangelization of the People of God. The purpose of Sunday is the re-evangelization of the people of God. He writes, I have a friend who argues that there should not be an element in the Lord's Day worship gathering called preaching. He says that in the New Testament, the concept of preaching is exclusively bound up with evangelism, preaching the gospel. And thus what happens during the sermon time should be simply called teaching and conducted more along the lines of instruction than proclamation. Preaching then is what takes place outside the four walls of the church in our sharing of the gospel with the lost. I agree with his premise but not his conclusion. Yes, the concept of preaching in the New Testament is almost exclusively bound up with the proclamation of the gospel, but I believe my friend's error is in believing that the gospel is only for the lost. Christians need the gospel as much as lost people do. Not in the same way, but just as much. He concludes by writing, the sinner's need for the gospel doesn't end when he is converted. While the fullness of eternal life is bestowed upon the vilest sinner at that point, he still needs the good news to grow him, mature him, sanctify him. And when we stand before Christ our judge at the last day, we will be standing on nothing more than the gospel for our acceptance even then. What we do in our church services ought to be seen as orchestrating another needed encounter with the glory of Jesus in his gospel. We sing gospel songs, pray gospel prayers, and yes, preach gospel sermons. Not just that anyone in the room who doesn't know Jesus may have the opportunity to be saved, but so that all the saints gathered have the best opportunity to be built up in Christ. The Lord's Day gathering exists primarily for the regular re-evangelization of the people of God. So when you hear people saying we don't need to have preaching, preaching isn't that important. When you hear people saying it's better to just uh, sit and have discussions, Bible studies, there's no need for preaching the gospel on a Sunday, we remind ourselves that the preaching of the gospel is for the re-evangelization of the people of God and the evangelization of those who are not yet the people of God. You know, friends, I love this congregation, and I love this congregation more with each week. And over the next few months, I want to just spend some time together exploring the riches of the gospel from Matthew chapters 8 to 10. And as we look at these chapters together, I hope that we'll be encouraged to see more of the glory of Jesus in his gospel. And so if you're a Christian, I hope that you will be confronted again and again with who Jesus is and what he has done, what he is doing and what he will do for you and then what he requires from you. And if you're not yet a Christian, if you're still outside of Christ, that these sermons might be an encouragement to you to start following after him not only as your saviour, but as your Lord, and indeed as your only hope. So this morning we're focusing on Jesus meeting this encounter with a leper, and we're going to look at this under two headings, the request and then the response. The request and then the response. First we have the request, look at verses 1 and 2, where Matthew records a leper's request that Jesus cleanse him. We can begin by noting the setting in verse one. Matthew tells us that Jesus came down from the mountain. Jesus had been traveling throughout the Galilee region. He had been preaching and he had gone up a mountain and from that mountain, he had proceeded to preach to the crowds. It was an incredible sermon that had left everyone amazed, astonished at his teaching, because they saw that he was teaching as one who had weight, one who had authority. And now Jesus comes down from the mountain. And Matthew tells us that great crowds were following him. They're eager to listen to Jesus. They're eager to watch Jesus. But they're not yet ready to commit themselves to Jesus. They're still unwilling to become his disciples. We move from the setting, though, to the encounter in verse 2. Matthew introduces us to a leper. This man has a serious problem. Leprosy was a horrific disease at a physical level. It was caused by bacteria that would destroy the nerves and the skin. It began with a white patch that would then spread throughout the rest of the body. The skin would lose its colour. The sores and ulcers would develop. The throat would become so affected that a man's voice would be reduced to a rasping sound. And it was fatal. There was no cure. It resulted in death. But leprosy was also a horrific disease at a social level. It was infectious and could be transmitted through inhalation or bodily contact. As a result, lepers were excluded from the community. A leper had to self-isolate. A leper had to socially distance, not for seven days, not for ten days, but until the leprosy was gone. Whenever they came near to anyone, they had to cry out, unclean, unclean. The people that you needed most, your friends, your family, they couldn't come near you. They couldn't even approach you through a window. You were a monster, you were untouchable, you were alone. But above all, leprosy was a horrific disease at a spiritual level. You weren't simply cut off from the social life of the community, you were cut off from the spiritual life of the community. You were excluded from the places of worship. It was as if you were cursed by God, banished from the very presence of God. And now we have this particular leper coming to Jesus. He is breaking all the social distancing, all the self-isolating rules and regulations that were laid out in the book of Leviticus, but he's desperate. He doesn't care. This man knows that he's got to get to Jesus, and he's risking everything to get to Jesus. And Matthew goes on to describe his reverence. Look at verse 2 again. He kneels before Jesus. Matthew doesn't tell us this man's age, his background, his, his name, nothing of that kind. Instead, Matthew focuses on the fact that this man knelt before Jesus. He bowed before Jesus. But he does more than kneel before Jesus. He also calls Jesus Lord. That word Lord can mean master or sir. It can also be a title of deity and divinity, uh, where this man is recognizing that Jesus is more than a man, more than a good man. He is, in fact, the God-man. And Matthew moves from the reverence of the leper to the request of the leper. Look again at verse 2. He calls out, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Literally, Lord, if you are willing, you have the power to make me clean. This man doesn't doubt for one moment that Jesus has power, that Jesus has authority to heal him. Perhaps he'd heard about Jesus cleansing, about Jesus curing those who were afflicted with various diseases and ailments. Perhaps he'd heard about Jesus driving out demons. Perhaps he'd heard about Jesus' great authority as a teacher delivering that sermon on the Mount. This man knows that Jesus can make him clean. Doesn't doubt that for one moment. He knows that Jesus has power, knows that Jesus has authority, but the question remains, is Jesus willing to make him clean? How will Jesus respond to his desperate request? How will Jesus respond to his urgent plea? Lord, if you are willing, you have the power to make me clean. Now, Friends, as we consider these verses, I want us to see that this leper is an illustration of our own condition. This man's leprosy is a picture of the sinful condition of every man, every woman, every child. One writer calls it an outward sign of our inward spiritual condition. As we go through the Old Testament, especially the prophets, we can see that the effect of sin on a person is often likened to a rampant disease such as leprosy. In Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah says, The whole head is sick, the whole heart faint." From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it, only bruises and sores and raw wounds. There is nothing about us that hasn't been invaded and infected by this disease called sin. This disease blinds our eyes to the glory of God. If you don't find God attractive, it's because sin has blinded your eyes. This disease deafens our ears to the voice of God. If you find it very easy to tune out when reading your Bible or listening to a sermon, that's the work of sin. This disease twists our minds concerning the things of God. This disease dulls and hardens our hearts to the beauty of God. This disease mutes our lips to praise God. This disease has left us in a dreadful condition that ultimately leads to death. Eternal separation from God, eternal separation from the people of God. So as you hear me saying this, you might be quietly seething. You might be getting really hot under the collar. You might be saying, how dare you say such things to me and about me? How dare you say this? I've made this effort to come to San Michael today and you're saying all these things. But you know, friends, this is our dreadful condition according to the word of God. And I would be a liar. I would be withholding the truth of the word of God if I didn't say this to you. And I'm including myself in this. As I was thinking over these solemn things, I was reminded of a conversation that Professor John Murray had while having supper with a family one evening. He was in the home of his friend and pastor, David Freeman, and they were discussing the innate sinfulness of the human heart. And David Freeman's wife exclaimed, but Mr. Murray, we know that you are not as bad as that. And Professor Murray responded, Mrs. Freeman, if you knew what a cesspool of iniquity this vile heart of mine is, you would never say such a thing. He was all too aware of his sinful condition, his sinful heart. But as we consider these verses, I also want us to consider not simply the condition of this leper, but also the conviction that he had. He comes to Jesus with one simple plea, one sincere plea. Lord, if you are willing, you have the power to make me clean. He may have known very little about Jesus. He probably knew nothing about the shepherds, the angels, the wise men, the story of Christmas. He didn't know that this man was the one who would walk in the water, the one who would provide loaves and fish for 5,000 people. He didn't know that this man would be crucified and on the third day raised to life. He knew none of this, but he knew one thing. This man could cure him. This man could cleanse him. And so he comes crying out, Lord, look at me. Look at me, Lord. I am a leper, and there is nothing that anyone can do for me. But you have the power to make me clean. If you are willing, you can make me clean. And as we watch this man, friends, and as we listen to this man, I hope that we would be encouraged to share that same conviction. You may not know much about Jesus, but you know that he can save, you know that he can cleanse. You know that he can rescue the vilest sinner who feels like a cesspool of iniquity. You may not know much about Jesus, but you know that life is short and death is sure. Sin is the problem, and Christ is the cure. My friend, let me ask you today have you gone to Jesus? Have you gone to Jesus? Or will you go to Jesus saying, Lord, if you are willing, you have the power to make me clean. Let me say this clearly and categorically. It is far better to be found at the feet of Jesus, knowing very little about him, but knowing that he has the power to save, the power to cleanse, than to know a great deal about Jesus. To know that he has the power to save, the power to cleanse, but to be far from him. This leper didn't know much. But he knew that Jesus had the power to cleanse and so he came to Jesus. What about us? We may know very little, but are we at the feet of Jesus? What a tragedy it is when a person can be under sermon after sermon after sermon for decades. And as far from Jesus, decades later as they ever were, with minds full of knowledge, And a heart that is empty. But we move from the request to the response. Look at verses 3 and 4. Matthew now records Jesus' response to the leper's request. Verse 3, we see the cleansing. Matthew draws our attention away from the leper to Jesus. And he begins by showing us the compassion of Jesus. In his Gospel, Mark writes that Jesus was moved by pity, moved by compassion when he saw this leper. Matthew doesn't tell us that Jesus was moved by compassion. He shows us the compassion of Jesus in action. We read that Jesus stretched out his hand and touched the man. You know, he could have healed this man with just a look, just a word. But he chooses to touch this unclean, untouchable man as an expression of his gentle heart, an expression of his tender compassion. And Matthew continues by recording the command of Jesus. Look again at verse 3. The man had approached Jesus and he had said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You have the power to make me clean. And the first thing that Jesus says is, I will. And having expressed his willingness to heal the man, Jesus gives the command, be clean. Now after giving the command, we see that the man, verse 3, was immediately cleansed. It's incredible. It's incredible. In touching this man, Jesus would have been viewed as being unclean. He would have been expected to self-isolate. He would have been, in today's language, a close contact of a leper and would have needed to go for a PCR. In touching this leper, Jesus had exposed himself to the danger of leprosy, the danger of contracting leprosy, but instead of becoming unclean, And instead of contracting leprosy, Jesus cleanses this man. What an insight into the power of Jesus. What an insight into the authority of Jesus. And having commanded the man to be clean, Jesus goes on to give another command. Look at verse 4. Jesus begins by giving him a clear prohibition at the beginning of verse 4. He tells him to say nothing to anyone. The healing of a leper was... Effectively, a resurrection from the dead it was so amazing this kind of thing didn't normally happen you didn't go home from work at night and say to your wife or children did you hear that so and so was cleansed from leprosy it didn't happen you'd be less amazed if you heard about someone being brought to life than about a leper being cleansed something extraordinary has taken place It's an event that would have caused great excitement at a local level and at a national level and probably even at an international level. But Jesus hasn't come to generate mass hysteria. Jesus hasn't come to gather a great following of thrill seekers. Jesus has come to seek and to save the lost. And so he prohibits this man from saying anything about what has happened to him. Jesus doesn't want everyone to say, let's go and see the miracle worker. Instead, Jesus commands the man to present himself to the priest. Look at verse 4 again. The priests were the spiritual health inspectors, the legal health inspectors. Only the priest could pronounce a person clean, both spiritually and physically. And as long as this man remained apart from the priest, as long as this man remained away from the priest, he would never be recognized as truly clean. And so Jesus sends the man For a PCR test. You know, they had PCR tests in Jesus' day. It was a priestly cleansing report. That's what Jesus is sending this man for, a a PCR test, priestly cleansing report. And following the priest's clean bill of health, Jesus commands the former leper to offer the gifts the sacrifices that Moses commanded as a proof to them. End of verse 4. The law that the Lord gave through Moses his servant said that this is what a person should do in the event that they were somehow miraculously, supernaturally cleansed from leprosy. And now Jesus commands this man to offer these gifts, offer these sacrifices as a proof, as a witness, as a testimony that he had been truly cleansed, truly cured, and could once again take his place in the spiritual and social life of his community. He's effectively going with an LFT test, a a lateral flow test, a, a leprous flow test, we might say. He is going with that clean bill of health, And wherever he would go, he would say, Look, I've got my clean bill of health. I've got my vaccine passport. I've got my my clean LFT. uh, Jesus has cleansed me, and the priest has said that I am clean. Now, friends, as we consider these verses, I want us to see that Jesus is the one who has the power, the authority to save. He has the power, the authority to cleanse that's what we see in this passage he meets this man who is in a hopeless condition a helpless condition he meets this man who is separated from God and separated from the people of God and Jesus touches him and cleanses him with just a word that is how powerful Jesus is he has the power to heal a sick body he has the power to restore a troubled mind He has the power to renew a broken heart. He has the power to end COVID and all its restrictions. He has the power to reconcile a fractured relationship, a disintegrating friendship. But most of all, he has the power to save his people from the deadly disease of sin. In the 19th century, the Bishop of Liverpool, J.C. Ryle, said, What are we all but lepers spiritually in the sight of God? Who shall deliver us from this body of death? Let us thank God that Jesus can. He is that divine physician who can make all things pass away and all things become new. In him is life. He can wash us thoroughly from all the defilement of sin in his own blood. He can quicken us and revive us by his own spirit. He can cleanse our hearts, open the eyes of our understandings, renew our wills, make us whole. However corrupt our hearts and however wicked our past lives, there is hope for us in the gospel. There is no case of spiritual leprosy too hard for Christ. What a statement. There is no case of spiritual leprosy too hard for Christ. Jesus, friends, is the all sufficient Savior who is able to cleanse and save His people fully and finally. And the question I have to ask is do you believe this? But let me push it a little further and ask do you really believe this? Or is it possible that you have begun to believe that there is some sin or some person that is beyond help and hope, beyond the Saviour and his salvation? Is it possible that you're here today and you've begun to believe that you are beyond help and hope, you are beyond the Saviour and his so great salvation? This morning, friends, I want you to see that there is an all-sufficient Saviour. There is a powerful Saviour. There is a Saviour who is able to cleanse that person who feels so unclean. Who feels so unforgivable. Who feels so unpresentable. Who feels so untouchable. You might be sitting here today and you're thinking, if people really knew about me, they wouldn't want to sit beside me, not because of COVID, But because of what I'm really like. And there is a Savior who is sufficient to save. But as we consider these verses, I also want us to see that Jesus isn't simply able to save, He is willing. To save. That is what we see in this passage. This hopeless and helpless leper comes to Jesus saying, if you are willing, you have the power to make me clean. And how does Jesus respond? He stretches out his hand, touches the man and he says, I will be clean. Here is the Savior, friends, who is ready and willing to save. He is the Savior who isn't willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance and life. He is the Savior who takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but desires that all would be saved. He is the Savior who calls out, Come to me, all you who are wearied and heavily laden all of you who feel weighed down by your uncleanness, your your dirtiness, your messiness, your sinfulness, come to me and I will give you rest. And so I ask you today, friend, are you saved? Are you saved? Have you been cleansed and cured by Christ? Is that your reason for gathering to worship in this place today? you're in this place today because you have been saved you have been cleansed you have been cured by christ and you are now saying i just want to gather with his people sing his praise and join in the exaltation of him as his word is proclaimed is that your reason for gathering today and if it's not friend then what is holding you back Jesus is able to save and he is willing to save. You say, but I've been an awful hypocrite. And he says, I am willing. You say, but I've hurt my loved ones in awful ways. And he says, I am willing. You say, but I've been unkind and I've been unfaithful to my spouse. And they might not even know it, but I know it and God knows it. And he says, I am willing. You say, but I've been a neglectful parent. Being a rebellious child, and he says, I am willing. You say, but I have sinned against heaven and against earth. I am unworthy to be called a child of God. I am too unclean to be a child of God. And he says, I am willing. He is the Lord, friends, who is full of power, but also full of pity. He is the Lord who is full of might, but also full of mercy. He is the Lord who is able to save and who is willing to save so I close by saying to you today, friend, won't you come? Won't you kneel down and do business with him? And say, Lord, please make me clean. Our friend Donnie and we can't wait until he comes back. He was texting this morning and I thought, I can't wait till you're back, Donnie. But he says it so often, doesn't he? That the Lord can say from the uttermost to the guttermost. And maybe today there is someone who feels that they are in the guttermost. Here is the Lord, willing and able to save.